Luke chapter 19, and I'm going to read the first 10 verses. Familiar to many of us, but try to hear it freshly this evening as we read it together. The Lord Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because of he was small of stature. <clears throat> so he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he started, hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of God, and we rejoice in it, and we thank him for it. Well, good evening, friends. Good evening. It's lovely to be here. Greetings I bring to you from my friends in Glenrothes. It was wonderful to be with them this morning. Uh, Craig's going to lead us at the table because my voice is a wee bit croaky. Uh, Not because I'm not well, but because I'm a Hibs fan. And we won a game of football yesterday for the first time in a long time. Uh, I'm glad we didn't score more than two because I might actually have no voice. And uh, I won't tell you that that was the only sporting achievement in Edinburgh that happened yesterday that matters, but it was. Uh, we, have, we have read from Luke's there. Can you ping this one for me? Thank you. Uh, we're here in Luke chapter 19. Uh, and I want to spend some time just in this well-known story. Nothing complex, nothing big for us this evening, just... The words and a reminder from this story of Zacchaeus. And I was thinking as I opened this, the lengths at which people will go to get what they want. I wonder, have you ever had one of those Christmases where your child is desperate for the big thing and they're impossible to find? You ever had one of those Christmases where you've gone to every toy shop, searched everywhere, maybe in this day and age searched Gumtree and Facebook Marketplace. I remember one year my dad had to go somewhere silly to get a present for my sister, not for me, but I can't remember the whole story, but he went away. I'm sure it was some kind of piano keyboard thing. And he travelled all sorts of distance because he'd forgotten about it uh, until Christmas Eve. Well, did you know that the longest queue ever recorded was just two years ago? Does anybody know what it was? You can shout out to me if you like. Does anybody know what the longest queue ever was? Yes, thank you, it was. It was the queue to see uh, Queen Elizabeth II lying in state at Westminster Hall and the queue snaked around London for 4.9 miles. That is uh, an incredible size of queue of people waiting to pay their last respects. Did you know that in 1990... The first McDonald's opened in Russia. They're now all closed. 30,000 people queued for a Big Mac. 30,000 people queued. I mean, Big Macs are good, don't get me wrong, but 30,000 people queued is pretty intense. And I just want to think this evening of the lengths at which people will go to get what they want. And this man, 
this man Zacchaeus, this man who, if you were to look upon, has everything. Except for maybe the height, this man has everything. He has everything that the world would value, everything that it would esteem, everything that you think you could want. I'm sure there were many people in the town, in Jericho, that were jealous of everything that this man Zacchaeus had that they did not have. Because he was a rich man. He was a man that at his disposal had great amounts of money. He had all sorts right there at his fingertips. So we come really to think simply through three things. The first of those is this. Seeking sinner of verses 1 to 4. He entered Jericho, that's of course Jesus, and was passing through. And behold, there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. This is a man of position. This is a man that if the state would say you give 5% taxes, this is a man that would say the number's 10. This is a man who would grossly inflate whatever was put upon the people so that he could take for himself whatever he might want. He's, of course, a man of power. He's employed by Rome. This means this man is untouchable. He would be a great man of power here in Jericho. And I'm sure people would walk in fear of this little man. But interestingly, he knew that something wasn't right. He knew that despite his prominence, his position, his power, there was something in his life that just wasn't quite right. And I think a lot of that stems from our innate desire to need the biggest questions of life answered. Why am I here? What's the purpose in everything? Where am I going? These big questions that we have to ask in life that everybody has to wrestle with, that many people will spend their whole lives asking and never find an answer to. He was seeking to see Jesus. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small. So his desire, we have this, this rich man who... On, on first glances, you would think, why would he bother with Jesus? What was the point? He had everything he wanted. Well, no, he had this desire to come and to, to see Jesus. His desire was to see the Lord. Many will go years of their lives wanting nothing to do with the Lord. But one day their seeking may take them to this realization of who the Lord Jesus is. And that actually, at the very bottom of it, that Jesus is the only hope that we have. And his desire will no doubt have been based on the things that he has heard and possibly seen of Jesus already. You see, I don't think Zacchaeus would have been fully aware of what was going on in his heart and in his head. But this man needs to get to Jesus. That's the bottom line of, of what this man wants and what this man needs. He needs to see Jesus. There's this deep-seated desire in him to come. And I think it's a simple reminder to us that for all of us that our deepest need is for the Lord Jesus. Our greatest need is for the Lord Jesus in salvation, but also more than that. And with that, our greatest need is for the Lord Jesus every single day of our lives. Because nothing else will save our souls. Nothing else can save our souls but the Lord Jesus. 
How desperate was the need of this man? It was great. But the need of every sinner is great. And he was posed with a problem. And the problem wasn't him. But the problem was there was a great obstacle in front of him and it was a crowd of big people. It was a crowd of people bigger than him, but also people that were a big crowd, a crowd that would have been hard for him to push through. Do you know, at Glenrothes this morning, I stood behind a gentleman who must have been six foot seven or six foot eight. And it was possibly the first time I've ever stood behind somebody and thought, I've got to look round you. And maybe I had a little glimpse into what it's like if you stand behind me. Sorry if you ever have to. Um, but this little glimpse of what it might have been like for this man, surrounded by people, and yet he can't get to where he would want to go. So we're told that Zacchaeus was short, he could not see over the crowd. He couldn't seek Jesus as he wanted to because there was an obstacle in front of him. And I guess there's lots of ways for us to reflect on what that crowd might be and that obstacle to, that, what that obstacle might look like in our lives or in the lives of others. Things that stop us from seeing Jesus. Things that take us away from the Lord Jesus. Not that there's anything potentially innately wrong with the obstacle. There's nothing wrong with the crowd. There's nothing wrong with a group of people that want to see Jesus. But the point was, through this crowd, he couldn't see him himself. So Zacchaeus had this problem that kept him from seeking the Lord. So he does something really quite ingenious. He ran on ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. Imagine probably quite smugly, sitting in that tree, quite delighted with himself. That he's found somewhere. But also with this overwhelming sense of, I wasn't, I want to see Jesus. I wasn't going to be able to see Jesus, but now I can see Jesus. Because we see something then of the hunger of this man that says, nothing's going to stop me from seeing Jesus. Not the crowd, not my height, not my anything is going to stand in the way. Because I am going to see Jesus. And I wonder what that looks like for us to have a hunger that Zacchaeus had to see the Lord Jesus despite a world of distractions. If you don't know the Lord Jesus, what are the stumbling blocks and what are the things that are holding you back from coming to know and love him? But also for us that do know and love the Lord Jesus, what are the distractions that need to be put to the side, that need to be overcome so that we might see the Lord on a daily basis as we open the pages of Scripture and as we come to him? Because he is worth the sacrifice. He is worth the sacrifice of overcoming the obstacles as Zacchaeus did and as he is about to find out. So we have the seeking sinner and we have the seeking saviour. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Do you know, I don't think I would have made a lot of the same decisions Jesus made if I was Jesus, but I'm not Jesus and that's good for everybody concerned. But Jesus is surrounded by crowds, as he frequently is, surrounded by crowds. Surrounded by people desperate for his attention. And what does he do? He looks up. And he looks at this man in the tree. And he says, 
He says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. You see, there was more than one person seeking something that day. There was Zacchaeus seeking him, but there was Jesus seeking something, as we're going to very succinctly see put for us in verse 10. But the Savior of the world was seeking something as he walked. As you're reminded this morning, uh, I was in John chapter 1, Glenrothes are kicking off in uh, John's gospel, and reflecting on the Lord Jesus' words to Andrew and to John to come and see. Beautiful words, exciting words. Again, Jesus at the outset of ministry stops and invites these guys, and he says, come and see, come and spend time with me, come and spend the night with me, come, come and see. And I'm reminded that Jesus didn't sit and twiddle his thumbs. Jesus didn't have to look for things to do. This wasn't a man that didn't draw crowds and a man that just sat and had conversations along the way. But there was endless things that the Lord Jesus could have done. There was endless people he could have healed. Multitudes that would have listened to him wherever he went. Yet time and time and time again, the Savior stops and he spends time with seeking people. And that's exactly what he does for Zacchaeus. Right here. He stops at this man that if anyone in the crowd didn't deserve to have the Lord Jesus' attention, it was him. If anyone didn't deserve to have the Lord Jesus grace the doors of their house, it was him. But of course, the Lord Jesus did. And of course, as Jesus looked up at that tree, Though in that moment many would have been amazed that Jesus knew his name, that probably bowled people away. Who is this guy? There's something amazing about him. He knows his name. But of course the Lord Jesus knew so much more about this man than just his name. He knew his business dealings. He knew the race of taxes that he charged. He knew how he was ripping people off. He knew him inside and out. He knew the depths of the sinfulness of this man Zacchaeus' heart. Yet he still stopped. Yet he still showed compassion. Yet he still loved them and he would save them. It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture of a saviour responding to the seeking sinner. Those words, famous words of 1 Samuel 16. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And that is what Jesus did. Jesus saw that here is a man that is seeking after me. You see, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus is on his way from Galilee to Jerusalem, where he's going to die. But still, even on this journey, he has stopped. time to stop for this guy. It is incredible grace that he would do so. Who was Zacchaeus that Jesus should care about him? Who was Zacchaeus that the Lord should favour him over all of a crowd? There was nothing about him. But it was all the grace of our Saviour that stopped and told him to hurry and come down. And there's urgency in this call. There's urgency to him. Hurry up. Let's go. Come down. Let's do this quickly. Let's go. And there's an essence of that urgency that is still relevant today. That if you haven't repented and believed in the Lord Jesus, there is an urgency to do so. 
The Lord may come, death may come, who knows? We've learned of the tragic news of Fiona who knew and loved the Lord Jesus greatly, but a reminder for us of the frailty of life, even at a young age. This reminder that salvation and coming to the Lord is nothing to be played with. Hurry and come down. So, he does. So we see the spectacular salvation. So he hurried and came down, I love this, and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, uh, the crowd, when they saw it, uh, so they hurried down, came to receive him joyfully, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus was obedient. He obeyed the Lord's call to hurry and come down. He did so. And he did so with great joy. I love that little addition. I love that addition that he didn't just do it, but he did it full of joy. And you know, see if we were here, if I was there witnessing this, I'm pretty sure I would have been one of these people in the crowd. I'm pretty sure I would have been one of the people of saying, but Jesus, you'd like my house more. <laughs> My wife's a better cook than Zacchaeus or his wife would be, surely. Jesus, I could totally see myself being a grumbler in this situation. Jesus, what are you doing? Jesus, why are you going to be the guest of a man, a sinner like this, when there's lots of righteous people here? How dare he? How dare Jesus ignore me and go and spend time with a sinner? Well, I think we see the hint of the arrogance of the crowd. But the good news is, is that the Lord Jesus made time for even the worst of sinners. But he didn't just make time for them. He died for them. And as I say them, of course, really are fair to us. The Lord Jesus that we will remember very shortly, that came to die for us. That's the journey that he's on from... Galilee to Jerusalem. And here in Jericho, despite the rumblings of the crowd, he gave his time to the one who the crowd would say does not deserve him. What we have in front of us is a wonderful example of repent and believe on full display for us. Jesus, we say uh, Mark 1 Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And here we see that repentance in action. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've done great wrong. I want to make it right and more. There's no prompting of Jesus here. But this is Zacchaeus. In understanding who the Lord Jesus is. Of having that belief from within him. From where we do not know. But the Lord Jesus went and spent time with him. We don't have that conversation. It would be great if we did, but we don't. 
And the result of that conversation in time with the Lord Jesus is true repentance. True repentance to give away fourfold to restore to those he has defrauded and give away half to the poor. This is the spirit at work in preparing Zacchaeus. We have true repentance on full display for us. And all of it's met with the tone of joy. All of it's met with this tone of the Lord Jesus that he received joyfully. He was just overjoyed at the opportunity of being with Jesus. And that joy for us is a product of our salvation. There was nothing else that could duplicate it or replicate it for him. But this is joy. This is an everlasting joy. This is a joy that despite getting rid of all of his finances, giving it all away, all there was going to be joy. Because that joy was so much greater than anything else in any possession. This man has changed so quickly. But the Lord has been at work in him. And here we see this man that finds his joy not in what he has. But his joy in the Lord Jesus. He repents. There is a change within him. It's seen and it's visible. Today salvation has come to this house. Beautiful. Beautiful words. Jesus took this man, this little sinful wicked man, and in an instant he is saved forever. That's beautiful. It's, It's glorious. But this is what Jesus does. When those who come to him by faith, with genuine faith, eternal salvation becomes yours and it becomes mine forever. Through him. And it is glorious. So we'll end in simply with that question. Why does he do it? Why did Jesus stop for Zacchaeus? As I reflect on this morning, why did he call Andrew? Why did he call Peter? Why did he bother? Why did he bother with people at all? Well, the answer is verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This was the Lord Jesus' mission 2,000 years ago. And it is the same today. Jesus is still saving souls today. His spirit is at work today. Many throughout this world will have come to knowing saving faith by the proclamation of the gospel this day. And every day. And it's beautiful. And it is exciting. And it is absolutely incredible. My last reference back to this morning, but I was totally captivated by, we were looking this morning in John 1 at the simplicity of Andrew's evangelism of being the first to bring somebody to Jesus. And I just want to think about that for one moment, then we'll wrap up to to fit into this. But Andrew follows Jesus, spends time with Jesus, runs and finds Simon Peter and says with all excitement, and I use the illustration of Benjamin and his excitement of getting Buzz Lightyear for his birthday, and now he runs around the house shouting, it's Buzz Lightyear. And Andrew runs and finds Simon Peter, and he just says, we have found the Messiah. That this gospel, who knows what Zacchaeus went on to do? Be a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus, yes, who knows what he went on to do? But as he would receive 
the good news. So would Andrew. And Andrew had such utter clarity and certainty as to who Jesus is. And so did Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, I think, had utter certainty that this man really is who he says he is because he wasn't giving away his possessions for nothing. He wasn't giving away his possessions on a hunch. He wasn't giving away his possessions in the hope that he might just be good enough for a holy and righteous God. But he was doing it in the response to the Jesus who'd already received him. So the reminder is then that salvation is not reserved for the righteous. But salvation is for those who are lost and are broken. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And also, I think, with that, we are often the vessels that are used to take this great message out to the world. That the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. So we come then to this table as those who have been saved like Zacchaeus, like our brother Zacchaeus, who have been redeemed, who are no longer aimless sheep without a shepherd, but sheep that are safe with a shepherd, whatever life might throw at us, whatever the crowds might say, whatever grumbling might come from them. Do you know, I don't think Zacchaeus gave two hoots about what that crowd said. I don't think he cared because his saviour was with him. That's all he cared about. And friends, might that be the same for us? So let's pray, we'll sing, and then let's gather and let's remember the Lord Jesus together. Lord God, we thank you for the wonderful examples you give us in Scripture of people transformed by the grace of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the countless examples we have of a Saviour pouring his compassion and grace and mercy upon sinners. We thank you, Lord, that you have done that for each of us in our lives. We thank you that you have come and you have seeked us, you have sought us, and you have saved us. We thank you that we come tonight, whatever a grumbling crowd might look like, whatever it might be, whatever it is, knowing that we have joyfully received our Saviour. So Lord, as we gather around this table, give us that joy, that unperishing joy, that joy that nothing of this world can ever take from us. Because we know that we are safe with you, the one who indeed came to seek and to save sinners. We pray these things in your name. Amen.